Welcome to Take Up and Read, a bite-sized Bible study podcast on the Sunday Catholic Mass readings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This Sunday is the 22nd Sunday of Ordinary Time in Year C. Our first reading is Sirach chapter 3, verses 17 through 18, 20, and 28 through 29, a lesson in humility which complements that of Jesus in this Sunday's Gospel. The book of Sirach itself was written in Hebrew by Jesus ben Sirah, or Jesus son of Sirach, sometime in the early 2nd century BC, and later translated into Greek. Sirach is one of the so-called deuterocanonical books rejected by Protestants, but included in Catholic and Orthodox Bibles. Verse 29 is an example of the common biblical analogy between debt and sin, with, almgi- with almsgiving paying down, so to speak, this liability. Jesus' parable of the unforgiving servant at Matthew 18, verses 23 through 25, is a quintessential example of this imagery. Sirach is emphatic on the power of almsgiving, equating it to the extinguishing force of water over fire. Our psalm this Sunday is Psalm 68, King David's song of praise for the Lord's blessings bestowed on the humble making it a fitting psalm to accompany our first reading in Gospel. Psalm 68 is considered one of the oldest in the whole Psalter, as it contains Canaanite themes and a number of Hebrew words not used elsewhere in the scriptures. Verse 7 praises the Lord for providing a home for the forsaken and leading forth prisoners to prosperity, references to Israel's exodus from slavery in Egypt, a theme that runs throughout this psalm. We hear in the psalm a preview of the mission of Jesus, as we read in Luke 4, verses 18-19. through 19, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This Sunday's second reading is Hebrews 12, verses 18-19 through 19, and 22-24, through 24, an explicit example of New Exodus theology drawing an analogy between the covenant at Sinai and the new covenant of Jesus. The first half of our reading, verses 18 and 19, is a reference to the following covenant ratification between the Israelites and God at Mount Sinai after the exodus from Egypt, recounted in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. On the morning of the third day there was thunder and lightning, and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. Now when all the people perceived the thunder and lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood afar off. And said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will hear, but let not God speak to us, lest we die. The second half of the reading refers to what the book of Revelation will later depict as the blessed assembly in the new heavenly Jerusalem, the most vivid description of the life of the blessed found in the scriptures. After this, John looked, and behold, a great multitude which no man could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. 
And all the angels stood round the throne and round the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. Then one of the elders addressed John, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The point of this passage is that the Jewish convert readers of the letter to the Hebrews have come to a greater union with God by accepting the new covenant of the crucified Christ, a covenant and sacrifice that exceeds all those of the Old Testament. This is what is meant by the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel in verse 24. Abel's sacrifice having been mentioned earlier in the letter at Hebrews 11.4 as still speaking and enduring witness of faith. Recall that at Genesis 4 verse 10, the Lord said that Abel's blood was crying to me from the ground. Sprinkling blood is priestly terminology, which refers to the temple sacrifices, and in particular their origin in Moses' sprinkling the people with blood during the Exodus. See Exodus 24 verses 6 through 8. At Luke 22:20, 20, Jesus makes an explicit connection between the blood of his sacrifice, the Eucharist, and his new covenant at the Last Supper. This chalice which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. We participate in this new covenant liturgy in the Mass with our reception of his blood in the Holy Eucharist. This new covenant is no fear-inspiring covenant, but a liturgical festal gathering of the saints with Jesus, the Lamb of God seated on the heavenly Mount Zion, an analog to the earthly mountain that the city of Jerusalem was built upon. Moreover, the letter to the Hebrews speaks of this communion of saints between heaven and earth, as existing in the here and now, not something yet to come. The assembly in verse 23 is a translation of the Greek word ecclesia, or church. Among the citizens of heaven are the firstborn enrolled in heaven, or the Christian saints, meant to contrast with the Jewish people's understanding of themselves as God's firstborn, as we read at Exodus 4.22. The spirits of the just made perfect refers to the righteous who lived before Christ and who are now fully redeemed by his death and resurrection, including those cataloged in Hebrews chapter 11. Our gospel this Sunday is Luke 14 verses 1 and 7 through 14, a parable of Jesus on humility containing one of his most famous sayings in the gospels. For every one who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus repeats this phrase at Luke 18:14. Here Jesus once again dines on the Sabbath with Pharisees, who use the occasion to watch him for any missteps. The Revised Standard Version says that this Pharisee was a ruler, which indicates that he may have been in charge of a local synagogue. A wedding banquet is again the background for Jesus' parable. Our Lord is invoking the messianic banquet expected by the Old Testament prophets, which we have discussed previously. For instance, at Isaiah 25, 6, we read, The Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of fat things, a feast of choice wines, of fat things full of marrow, of choice wines well refined. This banquet is fulfilled in the Eucharist, which in turn points to an eternal, superabundant feast of communion with God in heaven. This heavenly feast of the Lamb, which is also in the context of a wedding, is promised by Jesus at Luke 22, verse 30, and revealed at Revelation 19, verse 9. The parable here is thus not only a lesson in good manners, but a revelation of God's arrangement of the saints in heaven, as well as a blueprint for joining their ranks. The most exalted in heaven will be those who are most humble during their earthly lives. 
The exaltation of the lowly is a major motif of the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments. Jacob is chosen over the elder Esau, and Joseph rises above all his older brothers, just as David is anointed above his brothers. The Virgin Mary sings of her exaltation from a lowly position in her Magnificat, and Jesus is the stone rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Likewise, it is the headstrong Peter who abandons our Lord during his passion, who becomes the leader of the church, with the youngest apostle, John, become our, our Lord's most eloquent evangelist. That's all we have time for today. Let's conclude with a collect from this Sunday's Mass. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name, so that, by deepening our sense of reverence, and by your watchful care, Keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more and find resources, visit studycatholic.com. And please tell your friends about the show and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thanks again, and God bless.